Line four's on the right, babe. That's how you do it. Maggie's back in town. My new album is coming out in April. I can't wait. Everyone, come out and get it. Chris McMichael. McMonagle here with you. Rami on the other side. Obviously, you heard Marco, and we got you for three hours. All the way to 5 o'clock in the warm-up show live from the Wynn Hotel in Las Vegas. Beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Well, I'd like, I, I wouldn't have minded being hanging out in Nevada, hanging out in Las Vegas. But that's where the warm-up show is. That's where the warm-up show is, the morning show, one of the two of them, two of the both of them. I'm not making sense. The Super Bowl's being played there. That's what we know. I'm watching Brock Purdy right now. Last night was the new media prime time night where we found out a whole bunch of nothing. San Francisco's got problems with the field. Patrick Mahomes being compared to Tom Brady. Travis Kelsey's got to bring home some hardware of his own. Blah, 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 blah. The worst part of the Super Bowl is the damn two weeks in between and all the nonsense we get talking about. Just get me to the game. I want to play the game. I want to play the game. Let's talk a little bit about the Giants. They're done playing games. And finally, they're done interviewing defensive coordinators. Shane Bowen. Oh, yeah. Bring him on down. Shane Bowen. Can't be stopped now. That defense. I mean, listen. Woo. Listen, I I, I joke. It's not that an exciting of a hire. I understand that. It's not even their second or, or first or second choice. They probably would have wanted to go with uh, Denard Wilson or Bobby Babchick, uh, Babchick who uh, went to Tennessee and Buffalo, respectively. Look, we know what the Giants are right now, and and watching this as they went through this exhausting eight interview, and the longer it took, I'm just glad they did it. Let's be totally honest. I understand he plays the three four. I understand I can give you all the stuff. Tennessee's been a very good defensive uh, defensive team, uh, run defensive team uh, with with uh, Bowen at the helm. They've been pretty good uh, in the in the red zone with him at the helm. They don't blitz much. They play the three four. He hasn't had a lot of talent there. He's also had one of the great head coaches in the NFL, who amazingly is not going to be working this year. Kind of uh, Vrabel, who's a defensive minded guy, kind of riding with him, but ultimately. I think he's a fine hire. He's a good guy. I'm just glad it's over because the longer it went on, the more of a feel that it was an issue. Like, they need to put this behind them. And Joe Shane and Brian Dable need to put this dysfunction behind them. Because we could talk about the Jets, and we could talk about the scathing interview. Uh, I always say interview. The scathing story that came out from The Athletic last week. There is just as much dysfunction going on with the New York Giants right now as anyone. And as they're keeping their offensive coordinator in Kafka from leaving, now I don't know how bad he wants to go, but Seattle wanted to talk to him, and the Giants said no. And I get it, and they're getting some flack for it. I understand. Why add to the dysfunction? Who wants another three-week, eight-person process of finding an offensive coordinator? They just they lost their special teams coordinator, and should I say lost? They didn't lose them. They told them to go get lost. They fired their, their special teams coordinator. 
obviously the dysfunction and everything that went along with losing Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator, they couldn't afford to hire a brand-new coaching staff heading into a year that's pretty much make or break for Brian Dable. I mean, this is he is on the hot seat. This is this is an uh, this upcoming season for this head coach, year number three, after surviving a miserable year number two and getting past that threshold that has held the whole giant coaches back for the last six years. He made it through the third year. What an impressive accomplishment for a New York Giants head coach. He made it to year three. But it didn't come without dysfunction, and it certainly didn't come without it didn't happen without losing. And so this is a big year. They needed to try and, and get past this, hire guys, be done with this process. He's been a defensive coordinator before. Hopefully for me, if we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of it for half a second, if we even care, the one thing I want to see, and they've got young defensive backs, so you're going to want to work on that. And this guy doesn't blitz a lot, fine. You know, he's had uh, a better run game than he has a pass attack, but you understand the young defensive back's fine. For me, it's Kayvon Thibodeau. They have got to find a way, and Bowen has got to find a way. I think we should be done seeing Kayvon Thibodeau drop back into the pass protection uh, and try and cover the, the, the flat. Enough. We've seen it enough. Kayvon Thibodeau needs to get after the quarterback. He started as a linebacker's coach. Now he's a defense, he's been a defensive coordinator. It's time for him and this team to get Kayvon Thibodeau impacting the game. Because I'm tired of the discussion. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is an excellent football player. And I think early on, even I was concerned about him being a bust. But as you watch the games, and as you see him and the way he played and the ability he has, I don't think he's a bust. I think he's a talented guy that was in a scheme in Wink Martindale that famously never had double-digit sack guys, that plays that kind of – he's dropping back into pass coverage way too much. Even on even on obvious obvious pat like launched third and long up against the other team's goal line. The last thing I want to see is not I want to see Kayvon Thibodeau get a safety. I don't want to see him bat a pass down third and sixteen. So we need to get Kayvon Thibodeau going. That's new that's numero one. We know now that obviously Sexy Dexy is gonna has established himself as one of the best defensive linemen and certainly, you know, nose tackle, defensive tackles in the league. They got young cornerbacks. They're with Bobby uh, Karake and um, uh, Mika in the in the middle. The linebacking core feels a lot better. But this defense is not the issue. Hiring the coach was the issue. This defense needs more talent. The entire roster needs more talent. We get it. Moving past all the dysfunction is the issue. And for this coach that we all kind of believe in, who's a year removed from being coach of the year, it's now his team. He's on the hot seat. And for me, this goes back to what the Giants need to do as we get ready for this draft. Now we've put all the coaching stuff behind us. Now we're no longer worried about the defensive coordinator. The Super Bowl's about to be played. All of this now, the Wink Martindale stuff is finally, that ship has sailed. It is over. Everything's over. It's Dable show. It's Shane's show, and the show is in April at the NFL Draft. That's it. That's where we are. And for me, I respect a lot of people who have a differing opinion. And I heard Tiki give it today. And I understand, well, when you you got to start with the core, and you got to start, you, you got to build the ass first. Tiki wants the ass built. I get it, Tiki. 
I do. But for me, you don't. St- I, I and listen, he knows more football than I'll ever know. But for me, you don't start with the ass. You start with the head, and you start with the heart. And the head and heart of a football team is the quarterback. And where they are right now, this is an absolute spot where this coach, you want to stop dysfunction inside an organization for an offensive head coach that was hired for developing quarterbacks. You want to stop dysfunction inside an organization from a head coach who got the best year out of Daniel Jones we've seen in one year by getting in his face and dealing with him, you want to stop this function, then you give a head coach who turned Tommy DeVito into a guy who couldn't throw a pass against the Jets into a guy who was the toast of the town, and now he's selling sauce. And beat Green Bay, who went on a playoff run. If you want this to stop, and you want to stop worrying about whether Belichick's going to be the next head coach or this one's going to be the next head coach or what's going on inside the Giants' room. How does Mara feel about this organization? How does Mara feel about this coaching staff? How does Mara feel about Joe Shane? You want to stop all of that? You figure out a way right now to go draft a quarterback. And I know at six, it seems unlikely. I don't like Michael Penix. I understand the age. I understand the leg injuries. I understand how he played in that championship game. Now, I don't know how the Giants feel about him. I don't know how Brian Dable feels about him. But what I do know is, for the most part, there are three quarterbacks at the top of this draft. And right now, there may be something going on with Chicago. Caleb Williams, clearly the number one pick. He's been the first pick for forever now. It's, I don't know if he's he hasn't really come out and said it. But there is an idea that he is... unwilling and unwanting to go play for Chicago. And clearly now with the news that Cliff Kingsbury is now the new offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders who have the second overall pick, there is a thought process that that is now a fait accompli. That somehow, someway, Caleb Williams, who comes from the D.C. area, is going to find his way to Washington. And that's what it's about, and that's what they'll do. And now I don't know how Chicago treats it, and that's the first call I'm making. If I'm Joe Shane, I am calling Chicago. I'm getting their feel for how they think of the other quarterbacks. Now, this is a team, again, more the wide, the bet, the, the, the wide receiver they traded for to bring here to help Fields, the young quarterback, is screaming he wants Fields to be the quarterback. The rest of the team is screaming Fields wants to be the quarterback. Fields, while losing games last year, Went on one hell of a run offensively and became one of the more dynamic runners in the sport. This year, once came back from injury and stopped trying to fit a square peg into a round hole and become a a step-back passer and allowed his athleticism to take over because he feared his job, probably, and so did the head coach, and they allowed him to play his game. Chicago, along with making the trade for Sweat and changing their defense into one of the best defenses in the league, transformed themselves into one of the better football teams down the stretch of the season. And they're clamoring to keep their quarterback. And now, as it looks like, the top prospect might not want to play for them. I might find myself in a situation where I could figure out a way either to get up to number one or if they move back to number two and let Washington jump them to go get Caleb Williams. I don't know how they feel about Drake May. Now, if they're not getting the big-time prospect in Caleb Williams, maybe they don't feel the same way about him, about May, or Daniels. Maybe they feel different. Maybe they couldn't turn up Caleb Williams, but they can turn away 
from those two quarterbacks and keep the quarterback that got them playing good football the last two years down the stretch end of the season in, in fields. Maybe they feel differently about it. Right now, until I can't, until I know I can't get my heart and my head, I'm not worried about the ass. That's just how I feel about it. I'm not worried about the other holes on this team because until I disagree. You do not. It is, it is very difficult to go out there and build the roster, right? We look at it here in the Super Bowl. We've looked at it the entire playoffs. The exceptions are the Brock Purdy's. Most of these guys are first-round picks. Evan was talking about it today. Look at all the guys who lead the NFL in touchdown passes. It's first-round picks. It is not. It is very difficult, and I don't know how long you plan on losing, but it is very difficult to go try and build the San Francisco 49ers. You know how many. You know how many decisions you have to get right to be the San Francisco 49ers to then draft a Brock Purdy and have a team in the Super Bowl. Do you know how many decisions you have to get right? How many draft picks? How many free agents? How many trades? Do you know how many decisions you have to get pitch perfect right to become the 49ers? To become this roster that's good enough to take any quarterback, Jimmy G or or whoever, Jimmy G, Purdy, it doesn't matter. Do you know how hard it is to build that kind of roster? That's not easy. That's a, a whole litany of great decisions. Where if you have the gumption and you have the guts and you have the wherewithal to make sure you only have to be right about one decision. Because if you're right about the quarterback, it changes everything. It just flat out changes everything. Like to keep using the Tiki analogy, how was Texas's ass last year? Did you think the Texans were, you know, were, were, were that thick down there? Because I didn't. I didn't. Now everyone's going to give me, oh, Nico Collins. What was Nico Collins before the quarterback got there? Anybody think Tank Dell was going to, you know, be a touchdown machine when he was drafted? Anybody think that offensive line that was one of the worst in the NFL last year was going to play, play well enough to give that young quarterback what he needs? I'm so tired of the narrative of, oh, the young quarterback will come here, great, okay. The offensive line's not good enough, team's not good enough, he's going to struggle, he's going to lose confidence, and you're going to have a bust on your hand. I don't buy it. That could very well happen. They could draft the wrong guy. If you think that some of the other options, if you think they can't be wrong on a wide receiver, if you think they can't be wrong, you think for, for some reason Joe Alt out of Notre Dame is a guaranteed can't-miss stud left tackle, if you think uh, uh, Odunza uh, out of, um, you know, Rome Odunza out of, is a absolute no-brainer, can't miss. I felt the same way about Evan Neal. And now we're looking for his replacement. They're going to have to probably play him at guard. Coming out of Alabama, who thought Neal was going to be a miss? You can be wrong on any position. I'd rather be wrong chasing the right I'd rather be wrong chasing the one position that changes the whole team. That's what the Giants should be focused on right now. I'm glad they finally got their defensive coordinator hired. I'm glad all the dysfunctions behind them. I'm glad the only thing left to do is figure out how to put this team and uh, together and draft and, and free agency, and you've established who the coaches are. Brian Dable has won whatever power struggle there was inside the organization, right? 
He's he's firmly implanted as the head coach. The the Bill Belichicks of the world are not coming to take his job just yet. He's the man. And he was brought here because of what he did in Buffalo. And that's draft and develop Josh Allen. And if his time comes and goes with this franchise, and he was never given an opportunity to develop his guy, if Joe Shane is brought here and never given an opportunity and lose and fail after three seasons and never given the opportunity to develop and draft their guy, then why the hell did you bring them here? Did that one year of Daniel Jones, did that one playoff game, you know, change the trajectory of what you thought this franchise was and what you brought those two coaches here to do? I like Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones is talented. I don't think Daniel Jones is an excellent quarterback. I think he's an average to slightly above average quarterback with a bunch of tools. But I also think the guy can't stay healthy. And I also think he's making too much money. He's going to be the quarterback next year by hook or by crook. We understand that. You can't get out of his contract just yet. This is a perfect opportunity. You have the coaching staff. You have the you are drafting sixth overall. And you have a built-in excuse to go with the cliched Kansas City model and bring this guy in here and not force him into the starting lineup, not force him into starting from day one. Let him sit behind Daniel Jones. Let him work every day with Brian Dable, who developed Josh Allen. Let him work on this offense. Let him learn it, and let him hit the ground running next year. Now, you got two years. You got two drafts. You got two free agencies. You got two trade markets. You got two years to build the team where he can be ready to take off day one, two years from now. That's the only way to go. Anything else is short-sighted or too much Daniel Jones love. It's either it, that's the those are the two reasons why you wouldn't want to draft a quarterback because you don't think the quarterback can be successful, which is short-sighted, and you love Daniel Jones, which we should all be beyond. He's a great guy. He's a talented kid, and the Giants did him absolutely no favors. They put him behind a terrible offensive line. They didn't give him a lot of weapons. They gave him multiple offensive coaches. They gave him Joe Judge. They gave him, you know, uh, the Clapper as one, as his offensive coordinator. I mean, it, it could not have been worse. But that's the name of the game. You can't go back and change those decisions, nor can you be sentimental and go, the kid needs a chance. He can't stay healthy. He's finished two of the last three years with injuries that required surgery, and I don't even know when he's going to be able to start week one or week two or when he's going to be able to start this year. The Daniel Jones era for the New York Giants is over. And if you pass on the head while you're building the ass, I think it's a mistake. 877-337-6666. McMonagle here with you. So we'll open up with the Giants. We will get to the Rangers and what's going on with the goalie situation after a, a very nice overtime win against the Avalanche. And we got to talk about Igor because now that now it's becoming a thing. I said it weeks ago, you killed me. I said it weeks ago, I got so much hate on, 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 on social media. I got so much hate on Facebook and Twitter. Does this guy even know hockey? Does he know Igor won the last three or four games? Does he know he's going to be an all-star? I've been saying it for weeks. The Rangers have a problem with goalie. Weeks. They clearly do. And you might, and depending on if they listen to a certain range of uh, analyst, you might see a new goalie. 
We'll get to that, obviously. The Yankees trade for a reliever. Here, come, here comes the World Series championship. I can't wait for it. The parade's on its way. The Knicks play tonight. It sounds like again without OG Ananobi, so we got plenty to get to. And then, obviously, a little game called the Super Bowl. We got the we got the Giants, the Knicks, an idiot who wants to fight me for two hundred dollars. Mahomes' career, our livelihood. Can you throw anything else onto this pile? Loud giant whistles. You've all seen my cousin Vinny. 877-337-6666. Plenty to do. We got, you know, a decent amount of time to do it. All the way to five o'clock in the warm-up show live from Las Vegas, Nevada, the Winds Hotel. As we get ready for Super Bowl 58, McMonagall, again, 877-337-6666. We'll come right back with your phone calls after this short break.